All right, guys, we are back. A long waited time on the Stoke podcast. Um, today, I have Marone Golfman, the Colorado Trail winner of 2023. Um, and I'm excited to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Quinn. It's good. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So first, I want to just like pick your brain a little bit on when did you start realizing that like this biking thing was kind of up your alley? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a thick question for sure. Cause uh, it could go, go way back, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I rode road bikes as a kid. Um, and then I'd say like my background with competitive cycling really started in college uh, after my sophomore year of undergrad, I moved to Moab, Utah, and I was working as a instructor for Outward Bound um, and just living in Moab, which is such a mecca of the mountain bike world, uh, totally fell in love, bought my first real mountain bike. And then I went back to school after taking a year off and working. And we had a we had a varsity mountain bike team at my school. And so I approached the coach and asked him if I could uh, join the team. And he yeah, he let me come on and i had two years of uh of varsity cycling got to go to to mountain bike nationals twice which was awesome and so i definitely that like cultivated the bug of really the passion for for competitive mountain biking specifically and that's definitely just kind of been at the foundation of my excitement around cycling and then in my years post uh undergrad just in my personal life, like I was full-time guiding at that point, but mountain biking was definitely my primary like personal passion sport and kept up with that. Um, and I was really missing having racing as an aspect of my life. Um, and then, yeah, following about a 10 year career uh, in the outdoor industry, um, just kind of reassessed life, decided to, uh, to take a break. And I actually went on this, um, like a two-month uh bike packing expedition with my partner at the time and we went down to Baja and we did the Baja Divide route and um it took like six weeks to do that um and that trip came right after uh about a three-month stint where I was a primary caretaker for my uncle who has ALS and so the kind of the conjoining of those two experiences definitely had a uh, pretty significant significant impact from the time I took care of my uncle um, who and and seeing him dying and just seeing his body failing right he's he's actually still alive but to see this neurodegenerative disease um, take take his body away from him um, and I've always wanted to get back to racing I've always had this kind of urge to be uh, uh, an athlete and so it was on that trip in Baja that I had this idea, well, what if I came back and I try to set uh, a record on this route in FKT fastest known time. Um, and I did it as a fundraiser to raise some money for ALS. So that kind of sent me on this path of training for that next year. And I came back a year later in the, in January of 2022 um, and had an amazing ride had was successful i did set an fkt on that 1600 mile route uh and we raised fifty thousand dollars for als which was really amazing um so cool but first like explain to to me like what is als like i'm sure 
Yeah. Uh, ALS is a Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so like I said, it's a, it's a neurodegenerative, um, disease. Uh, so it can come in a few different forms, but essentially, right. Like folks will, you just start, uh, your, your muscles start failing and you start, you just slowly are losing control of your body. Um, it, uh, looks different for pretty much every single patient. Um, typically the average expect life expectancy is three to five years post-diagnosis. Uh, my uncle is already almost uh, coming up on seven years. Uh, but at this point he has lost control of the, almost his whole body. Um, so it's a pretty devastating disease for both, obviously, uh, the person that is experiencing it, but even right for their family and everyone who's helping take care of them. It's, it's, it's really hard to watch. Uh, and it's really, uh, hard to go through. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. That's probably really tough. Um, yeah. and so Baja divide was kind of like this first venture of like, all right, let's, let's raise some money and intrinsically probably motivating for you as like, you have these extrinsic, extrinsic and intrinsic factors kind of coming into play of like that competitive version of like, all right, well, I think I can do this pretty fast. And then also, well, let me, I, I need to, because we can raise some good money, you know, for, for this population who's struggling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it was, uh, I mean, so discovering, right. Like why bike pack racing and like ultra endurance racing like i'm very much i mean i love cycling and then kind of like discovering i didn't even know that ultra endurance cycling was a sport until i went to baja like that first time when i was just touring the route and then i like discovered like through that trip kind of just discovered this whole new world and totally attracted me because it was bike racing but it was like bike racing at a whole nother level right that also involves just like so much strategy and capacity like it's just it's it's adventure sport to the like absolute and that really attracted me just given my background um and and definitely an attraction to like pushing pushing my body to the limits of like what we think is humanly possible and so then to do that like what really held me back from being an athlete i think for for so many years was just like this feeling of I don't know, maybe this altruistic impulse to feel like, well, like, what am I really contributing to society at large if I'm being an athlete? And so I think I definitely grappled with that. And, um, and so to be able to tie in, like, a ride that had a cause behind it, definitely was was really motivating. And I think kind of like allowed it just for my own self to like open up that door and feel like, okay, I can really dive in, in right into the athleticism. And then like, that's what I want to do as an athlete. I, I hope I get to do a whole lot more that I'm trying to involve that in, in my racing as much as possible. It's using my platform to highlight issues that matter to me, to right, raise money if we can, to, you know, to, yeah, to, to try to engage in, in, in work that is altruistic beyond just like a physical feat. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think, super important, especially, um, as a young male trying to find like passions in life. And I mean, I have a passion for cycling, but it's also a lack of fulfillment as well. Like what, what am I contributing to the larger whole of society? You know, am I helping people? Is it just like this selfish venture? Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, I admire that. That's actually super cool. And, and so after this Baja divide, you um, were hooked, I'm guessing. And like, 
this was kind of something that you wanted to pursue. And so how, how did that kind of um, unfold for you in the process of finding um, more adventure? Yeah, I, um, I mean, frankly, like once I, that discovery process of like that, when I was in Baja before I even went down to race it and like set the, that FKT, like I just, as soon as I discovered ultra endurance racing, I was, I was pretty immediately hooked and I just, I, I wanted to go for it fully. And so like just seeing that there were races like the Colorado trail race and the tour divide and Arizona trail race, right? Like that triple crown and just like these races in, you know, over the ocean of like the Silk Road mountain race and the Highland, like, you know, five, like these races are just totally like, just grab my imagination and get me super excited. And so, right. Get me stoked. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I almost immediately was, immediately started having these big multi-year dreams of like, oh, wow, I'd love to train for these really big races. And so even before I went to Baja in that first real endeavor, there was already like I had I had done a, a number of ultra endurance races here in the States and then had these bigger plans. I had kind of right off the get go found a coach and we already started strategizing like kind of three years out thinking about uh, uh a go at the triple crown in 2023 which is what i'm doing now um and then it was definitely like doing something like baja right you never like for me at least there's inevitable questions like what am i doing is this really worth it and so then to have an experience like that and it goes successfully it's very affirming in in like okay yes i'd like to i want to keep going i want to keep you know chasing chasing this dream yeah absolutely and like so you mentioned the triple crown um, so did you take up, um, a go at the tour divide? Yeah. So this year, uh, my project for 2023, uh, is to do five, uh, significant ultra endurance races. Um, four of which I would constitute are the four hardest races in, in the country and, three of which, uh, constitute the triple crown. So this year I'm racing, I raced in, uh, in started in February was the Iditarod trail invitational. So it's the fat bike race thousand miles across Alaska from Anchorage to Nome, uh, follows right the route of the, the historic dog sled race. Uh, then I did the tour divide in June and, um, Unfortunately, I did have to drop out of the Tour Divide halfway through. I uh, suffered a pulmonary edema up in the mountains um, and got had to go to the hospital. And, um, you know, doctors told me I, I had to stop immediately, which was which was unfortunate and had to grapple with that all summer while I trained for the Colorado. And then, yeah, yeah. I just did the Colorado uh, last month, the Colorado Trail Race. Um, and now I'm in Vermont getting ready to race the Vermont Super 8, which is a 650 mile um, gravel, gravel bike race through Vermont. And then the final race of the year and the third of the triple crown is the Arizona trail race. So, yeah. uh, in October, I'll be heading back to Arizona to, to get ready for that. Cool. Where are you going to be staying in Arizona? Uh, well, I'm gonna, I've got a van. Um, so I'll probably be, uh, like living in that a little bit while we do some scouting, but, uh, I'm also, uh, friends with Lil Wilcox. And so I'll probably, uh, meet up with her and they've invited me to come stay at their house uh, before the race as well. So I'll probably take them up on that offer. 
Oh, absolutely. That's sweet. Um, yeah. Well, if you need another place to park the van, we live in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, sweet. So uh, like, yeah, so well. the Arizona Trail has been on the radar for, you know, a few years as I'm like in that process of like, all right, well, what's the next step? But it's, I've ridden a bunch of it. It's like amazing, dude. It's yeah. And then I was born and raised in Colorado. So then, mm-hmm. you know, the Colorado Trail, I just know what it takes to complete that route um because of just the altitude i mean yeah those high mountain trails are just no joke it's like um oh but anyway i I was just curious um arizona trail you'll be scouting it out and going from like what grand canyon are you gonna hike it first and see what that's gonna take yeah i don't know if i'll end up hiking the whole thing to scout it i've spent a fair amount of time in the grand over the years so i actually feel pretty pretty good i mean if i have time i'd love to scout if i have time i want to ride ride and scout every you know inch of the trail i just don't know if that's really possible but i'm i'm definitely i got about 10 days before the race to just be out there and um i don't want to you know go too heavy that's the taper period before the race but as much as i've got time for i'm gonna try to get my eyes on as much trail as i can i've ridden a couple segments of the trail um, but it's just, it's nice to have fresh eyes on, on a route like that. It's just, it's a huge, huge undertaking. Yeah, totally. Um, so sorry to cut you off. I was started, I was like, Oh, Arizona, where are you going? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then Arizona trail race, that'll kind of end it for you for the, just the 2023 season. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that sounds awesome. And like, so what, what are you doing for recovery? Like, what's your plan? Um, because of the toll it takes, I mean, pulmonary edema, I mean, that's a huge kind of like setback, especially before the Colorado trail. Um, so the recovery, I mean, what, what's your plan for these recoveries? Cause doing one of these in a year is stout, let alone like, yeah, five. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I usually give myself about two weeks to recover uh, and that's, and then I'm back. So, I mean, yeah, like I took a week and a half after the Colorado trail and now I'm fully back in a training block for the next, I mean, I've been, so I'm now a week and a half back into this training block and I've got another two weeks before I need to taper uh, into the, to the next race. So, uh, you know, recovering, uh, recovery looks like, a lot of eating and a lot of sleeping for a few days post the event. Um, and then, you know, the reality is I have to go back to life. I have to work. I have to make some money. I, you know, have obligations. So I like, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing that glorious or like that big to, you know, to report. I, uh, yeah, I try to be, be mindful about really catching up on, on rest and, and getting that form of recovery of actually, you know, lots of sleep, um, trying to put good nutrition in my body, you know, after these, you know, multi-day events of subsisting on, on gas station food, or in, in the case of the Colorado trail, pretty much subsisting on no food at all because of my stomach issues. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, and getting back after it uh you know i usually it's like both taper in and out of these these uh these training blocks and and the reality is like um the the time like you know my real tight periods the tour divide to the colorado trail i actually had almost two months so that was like plenty of time 
And I spent uh, in, in the lead up to the Colorado Trail, I spent the summer living in, in Leadville. Um, so very intentionally at super high elevation. And I was leading backpacking horses for our bound this summer. So I was, you know, hiking up at 12, 13,000 feet um, and doing a lot of cross training on and off the bike, doing a lot of high alpine running as well. Um, and so that really set me up for success for the Colorado Trail. Um, you know, I just, I spent almost eight weeks uh, up at, up at uh, over 10,000 feet. Um, and so luckily, you know, I did su suffer that pulmonary edema, but then because I was living at altitude prior to the Colorado Trail, altitude was not an issue for me, which was awesome. Um, you know, the reality is coming into Tour Divide, I was coming from my home in Anchorage, Alaska, which is at sea level. Um, and then it was, a, I think it was a multitude of factors, but I have no doubt that that contributed to the fact that, you know, I found myself at 10,000 feet. Uh, and that's, and that's when I got, uh, pulmonary edema on the tour divide route. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then like right now I'm in a pretty tight turnaround. I think I have five weeks between Colorado trail and the Vermont super eight. And then it's even tighter. I think it's only four weeks between the super eight and the Arizona. Um, so yeah, I like last week was definitely ramping back into, uh, training, um, you know, just like I was riding every single day, just in, in my world, like a two hour ride is, is pretty short. So like I was doing shorter, shorter training rides, uh, like this week I'm doing intensity, uh, workouts. So, right. Some like hour and a half, two hour lactate threshold workouts. And then next week I'll have, uh, a block with some volume. So just like having like four days in a row where I'm going to ride between like four and six hours each day. Um, and then, and then 10 days I'll taper off and in and into the next event. I mean, yeah, not a, you know, the, the reality is there's not like a ton of development. Uh, once I'm in the season, it's just maintaining. Yeah, totally. And I was just kind of, that was my next point is like, these races are almost, you, they set you up for success for the next one. You know, it's like, because bike pack racing from my knowledge is just, it's not necessarily like it. Yes. It has a lot to do with the physical, but also the planning and like your tire goes, you know, how we're going to fix that as, as quick as we can. So all these like bike pack races you've been doing throughout the year, not only are boosting the fitness, but also boosting like this confidence in your gear and confidence in like how you maneuver, um, like, what shoes are you bringing? You know, like, are you bringing tennis shoes? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's cool. It like, it almost sets you up for the the next race, but it could just be demanding. That's like, Oh, it's totally demanding. And it's like, you know, you, these, these races are, they're insane, right? They, you ask so much of your body. And, and like you said before, doing one is, is a lot to do in a year. Um, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not really working that much this year. It's this year. I really, you know, I'm, I'm taking a gamble. I'm, I'm definitely making a lot of sacrifices. I left home for six months. You know, I can't afford to be flying back and forth to Alaska. So, you know, I'm just, I've been living out of a van and, you know, just trying to make ends meet with the money that I made, you know, uh, that I've made in the past. And, and I'm just, you know, being super frugal with, with, uh, what I have. Um, and, uh, and, and just, and just making it work. Yeah. It's, it, but it's a toll physically, you know, like I've definitely done 
it's pretty pretty solid nerve damage on my hands over the you know over the course of the races I've done so far. Like my my pinkies and ring fingers definitely are are. Yeah, uh, it's for it to really heal. So I've just like got, you know, I I don't doubt it will heal when I have a, like you know six months off the bike or off like these races. But until that time, it's just kind of I'm just in in a permanent state of like just little things like that that just aren't recovering. Yep. Yeah. And those, but you kind of know it. Like, and those are things that won't yeah. change your trajectory. It's like oh. It's, can't feel my pinkies whatever i'll keep going um it's like yeah, yeah it's your love for it that's yeah keep striving and no i'm i do totally. I'm, I'm in your court well i'm on your side i'm in your corner dude because what you're doing is sweet and like um you know almost like envious of that like uh just going for it you know like for my for me it's like i I met my beautiful fiance. We have a beautiful one-year-old and you know, like when we were going through pregnancy, I was like full in, like, you know, putting in 10, 12 to 15 hour weeks of like intensity training for, you know, like the marathon circuits of like whiskey off-road, Sea Otter Classic. Um, I qualified for the Leadville 100. I was going to do that, you know? And then when you have a baby, it's just like all that just kind of settles like all you want to focus on is like how can I be the best dad you know like the bike still love it but almost like listening to your story is like man like you just you can do that right now like it's you're at a point yeah. in your life where you might as well just full send into these big races and something good will come of it man hopefully you don't have to uh worry about you know getting a job here and there so that you can travel to the next race like hopefully this will be a career path, you know, where you can be an uh, ambassador for the sport. Like you're an ambassador in my eyes. Like I saw you and I think I followed you before um, you won just being like, Oh sweet. He rides a Santa Cruz. I love his style. Like I love like the, the cool shirts and like um, like, that's just like the style I ride, you know, it's just like go hard, you're yeah. fast, but yet, you know, you don't need to be wearing spandex, um, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, it's super cool. To, like, just hear that sacrifice you're making for yourself. You know, it's like, um, it's not selfish. I mean, hopefully this will be a career path and, and, and something that you can do that pays the bills, you know, and yeah. You find a spot in Tucson, like everyone else who's a pro rider. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, uh, that would be, that'd be awesome. Or, you know, some hybrid version of that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely shared this before. I mean, my my hope, I would love to have that platform. If I had that opportunity, I'd love to use that to do more of, of the good, of the, the cool projects that I've gotten to do through cycling, to do more advocacy work. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I, I have my background in, in expeditionary travel. I'd love to, like, continue to race, but I'd also love to then, like, balance, find a balance within that career path of also doing some more, like expeditionary backpack type projects and and yeah. do some film work right and and make films that highlight important stories um around environmental social justice you name it and and using i think the bike is 
is an incredible platform uh, to highlight those stories. And, and so I'm excited to like dive into that too. And hopefully, yeah, continue to find, find companies out there that, uh, that, that are stoked on it as well. Totally. Yeah. That's a, that's always it's cool talking to you. It's like kind of what um, is needed because when you, there's only a few people when you look on um, like YouTube, for example, of like these amazing films that kind of highlight more than just like um, check out my FKT, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. These social justices of um, going through communities where they're impoverished, po you know, it's like, um, and you can see that just here in America. I mean, rents through the roof, um, house prices are, mm -hmm way too high i mean a family like me won't be able to buy a house for the next 10 years um we're, we're teachers salaries are so low in arizona that you know they're doing god's work and getting paid like barely above minimum wage um yeah dude so there's the sky's the limit for kind of what you can portray on the bike you know yeah absolutely yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm excited, actually. Um, I've got a really cool project that I, I've literally, like, kind of, I'm rapidly trying to put together before this next race. Uh, so I kind of just, like, put it all together last week, and we're actually all going to meet tomorrow for the first time. But I you don't know if you're aware, but Vermont experienced some really severe uh, flooding this summer, um, you know, in the capital of the state just got completely obliterated and and the downtown is just like it's there but it's gone like every business is closed and um you know there was basically anything on the first story of, of the whole city just got flooded almost like four feet deep um and so i'm there's a local bike shop in that area uh it's where the race will start and end uh which is a huge part of this the local community um good friends with the owner and they suffered, you know, huge losses. They lost over, um, like almost a hundred K in inventory. Um, and so, uh, part like with, with the support of, uh, one of my sponsors, Ibex wool, we're going to use the right, the ride as a fundraiser to help support, uh, the Vermont bicycle shop. And, uh, we're gonna, I've got uh, a friend, uh, who's from Ibex. He's going to come and film, film my ride. And we're going to be able to highlight that story. And like, that's what gets me so excited. Right. It's not, like, I get to ride my bike, which I love, but that's the part of it that feels a little bit selfish. But then like the fact that we can do good and we can tell a story and we can, you know, share that with, with the world. Like that's to me, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. Dude, that is sick yeah yeah because then from me in arizona man i i saw it on um yeah probably on instagram of like the vermont flooding but you go oh man that sucks and you think they're gonna be okay and blah 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 but you, you don't know until you've actually hear it from a business owner or an employee who lost her job and who's struggling and can't pay rent again and they, so they got to move back with their parents and you know when you like hear hear a story you know it completely changes the way you think about um uh, catastrophe like that you know
understandable why he stays out in the high, you know, in, in the spotlight for what, one or two days. And then it's like, and somehow we just think it's all been results, right? When the reality is the people on the ground in a disaster area are dealing with it for years and years later. Um, and so it actually feels pretty cool to be coming in a few months after um, the event and being able to like bring, bring a spotlight back to I you know this is my home state this is where I was born and raised was Vermont I don't live here anymore it's cool to come back and um yeah so anyways I don't I'm, I'm hoping it will be a successful fundraiser I hope we can really help them out we'll, we'll see what happens yeah and, and success or not I think the story just shedding the light on the story is more important than anything you know I think just bringing awareness to it and then that could lead to another um important story that your company will want to work on, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's like a positive um, snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. So um, get, skipping forward or skipping back a little bit. Um, yep. did, what were your expectations? So what are your expectations for starting this bikepacking journey? Um, you know, your first one was Anchorage, Alaska um, doing the idea rod. And so, mm-hmm. That's sketchy because it's cold as shit. Um, it's not dirt and you have new equipment to work with. Um, I know you, you, you have background in guiding and, you know, outdoor expeditions, but, um, you know, lining up to some of these races, like what, what, what do you go to bed? Like thinking the, the, the night before, like, do you have goals to, win it do you got you have goals to just try to set an fkt do you have goals to just do the best you can um kind of what what does that look like when you started this venture yeah it's a it's a great question um and i would say uh my my expectations or my like hopes they ebb and flow to be absolutely transparent um going into going into the iditarod i I was hoping to win that, that race was kind of like of all the races I was doing this year. That was kind of the one that I was like, I feel, I feel like I'm in a position to win. I, I live in Anchorage. I train, you know, I, I'm training in, in, in these conditions, in the snow. Um, uh, I feel like I, you know, a, a, a strength of mine is in these events that are kind of multifaceted. They're not just, you're not just like riding your bike. Right. But there's, there's other aspects to it. I really love that. And the, I did, you know, that biking a thousand miles across Alaska is definitely that there's a lot more than, than just riding your bike. Uh, if you even get to ride your bike. Um, so, so I was, I was, I was hoping to, to go for a win in that race. Um, and you know, I had, I was definitely fully aware of the, uh, fastest, time and the record on the southern route which is what we rode this year um going in and i absolutely am like okay right doing the math in my head thinking about what it would take uh to beat that record um what ended up happening was what ended up happening was sorry uh was that um I had to sit still for four days total of the whole of while I was in the race uh, due to conditions of the trail. And there was just, there was no trail. Uh, it was an extremely heavy snow year um, in Alaska. And so with four days 
uh, of not moving, uh, while I was out there, I just, you know, I was like, okay, um, I don't, I don't think the record is anywhere within reach. And then, uh, I was able to get going a little bit quicker in the second half of the, uh, of the route. And I was about 200 miles from the finish and like did the math in my head and realized, oh, wait, like if I like, I would have to move really fast right now, but if I did, there's a chance I could be like, I could, I could beat the FKT. I ended up setting a new record by two hours, uh, which is really not a lot when you think about the fact that my overall time was 16 days, 20 hours, something like that. Right. So the record was like, you know, it's, that's, that's a, such a long time to be out on a, on a race. Uh, and two hours is like nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was wild. I did not expect to set an FKT. So that was, that was, that was huge. Um, and, it was amazing um and then going into the rest of these races i just wanted to go as hard as i could again like going into tour divide there's right you kind of have that two week it's always been right at least we'll see what lachlan morton does who's out there right now um you know he's on track to to set a new fkt but uh you know it's been my calls time of just under 14 days so it's like that's kind of the threshold that I at least mentally was preparing for, right. Was, was, tr was this concept of being able to do the route within a two week time period. Um, and that, uh, fell apart really quickly. I got super sick off the start of the race. Um, and yeah, I'm, I dealt with a whole lot of health issues, including, uh, but basically like I didn't pee for two days straight, got super, super dehydrated and like was dealing with some crazy gut issues, was barely eating any food. And so then I was just the whole week of being in the race, uh, was just dealing with, with being really under, uh, yeah, uh, not having nearly enough nutrition, just, yeah, being underfed, uh, Yeah my my system was crashing and yeah, then because like of that under I, severe health issues oh yeah and yeah. That, and then to have to have a as compromised an immune system as i did when i got up to altitude i really think that that's what caused the pulmonary edema yeah. so i got up into the mountains started experiencing pretty severe chest pain shortness of breath and it was really hard to come to grip like you know to come to the point where i could even make that decision but then yeah, I, things were bad enough that I decided I need to go to a health clinic and really see what's going on. And I basically told myself, you know, you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question what the doctor says. If they, if something's up, uh, I'm going to listen to that. And I never expected I had pulmonary edema. That was way worse than anything I thought I might have. And so as soon as they said that as painful as it was to, to scratch, which yeah, was really hard decision um you know there was no question in my mind of course i was going to listen to what the doctor said yeah um well, yeah just like putting everyone's list like who's listening right you walk into a health clinic with a bike right you're probably yeah. disgusting you got dirt all over yourself you know you're like hey i got some issues and this doctor's probably like what what are you doing oh I, i've been riding my bike for the last well, i don't know like five or seven you know let's say a week and a half. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, like 12, you're 12. Probably just sitting there like, oh yeah, no, no. First off, you made the mistake of doing that. Um, second off, you should stop right away. And third, you know, you you got some major health issues going on and um, do you have a ride home? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. I just thought no, I was- no. It was. I mean, you're totally right. The interest that I that is you are not wrong. But the ironic thing was that just so happened that the nurse that uh, was uh, checking me over just happened to have formerly lived in Anchorage and knows the Iditarod race and follows. And so she actually has followed me on Instagram. She knew who I was about like 20 minutes into treating me. She was like, wait a second. Are you the guy that was like riding the Iditarod this winter and raising money while you were doing it? It was so funny. And uh, yeah, so she actually knew she knew me. So it was a unique experience where like I had a nurse that actually understood what I was doing and was kind of sympathetic to like this insanity of, of what these races are. But yeah, for sure. It was it was bad. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a cool experience. So how we like how cool is that for you to be like, you know, um, trickling into like healthcare clinics you know we're like they're following you and and being inspired by your story and you know it can be like hey you're that guy aren't you yeah, yeah. <laughs> really cool so, it's really cool okay oh, yeah and then you're you know you go and health issues arise on the tour divide and then yeah going into colorado trail so that that was i mean you know the reality point is i you know full transparency is not all glory. It is definitely not all fun. Um, the like following the tour divide, I I definitely had a proper spout of depression over the summer, and I was feeling feeling real low, um, and just like questioning, right? Like I, you know, I left home for all these months to go do all these big races, and like the first big race that I do, you know, like after leaving home goes that way. And that was, that was just really hard to sit with. And, it, and, and even though it was out of my control, uh, it's hard not to feel, it's hard not to take that on, on yourself. Right. And, and so, and then on top of that, two weeks after the tour divide, I fell and broke my right hand. Uh, and so I've been dealing with a, a broken hand all summer, getting ready for, one of the most technical mountain bike races in the world, uh, which relegated me. I was off the bike then for another two weeks. I was exclusively mountain running. Um, and then I just kind of got used to racing and riding the bike with a broken hand and it was painful, but just did it. And so going in the Colorado trail, I just wanted to finish just like honest to God. I just, I needed that for my own self. Right. And my own like inner narrative to feel good. Um, like, Of course, I was, I, again, kind of was setting a parameter of hoping that I would finish within a four to five day time window. But like, I really like I going in, I was like, "Ah, I had stomach issues on the tour divide. Maybe I'm going to have stomach issues again. Like who else knows what else is going to go wrong? Like, but I know that I'm not going to quit this one. Like no matter how bad it gets, Mm -hmm. even if it takes me, you know, a long time or, you know, the better part of a week, like I, I've got to finish this event. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I, um, didn't, things did not go well for me at the start of the race. Things did not go well for me for the majority of the race. I once again did deal with really severe stomach issues, even more severe than I've experienced before. I vomited 11 times over the course of the race uh only ate one uh well i guess i ate two solid meals 
for the entire the you know the entirety of the event um and uh yeah i um i just i don't know stubborn i guess and uh yeah if you were following the race i was pretty far back at the start or not right at the start but like the morning of day two i was i don't know close to like 20 20 people back and then i guess you know i just I wasn't looking at track leaders. I wasn't on my phone. I didn't know where I was. I was just riding my own race. Again, I think that breaking my hand, having the tour divide go the way it was, it really, like I set that goal up for myself. I was like, I'm not looking at my phone. I need to just go do my own thing out there. Um, and so uh, because of that, I was, I was, I was not being affected by knowing where anyone else was. I wasn't thinking, Oh, you're in this position or that position. I was just doing my own race. And then, yeah by you know within a day and a half i moved my way up to to being a, the second second racer and um on the last day caught up to jason who was leading the race and um was in the lead for the final 40 miles of the of the event and and i genuinely could not have imagined ever winning the colorado trail race so it was, it was i still kind of can't believe that that actually is is real yeah well it's impressive um and like what do you think an old person would probably just throw in the towel or at least take a few days and and heal up and try to eat some food and so um you know with all the experience you've you've fought through the tour divide and stuff and, and broken hand not looking at your phone but i mean what was going through your head it was just keep moving forward or I'm going to, I'm going to chill on this climb. I might walk my bike, um, for 2000 feet of vert, um, just to like kind of save that energy. Was it, was it mental? Was it spiritual? Like what was kind of your, uh, your take on it? Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, again, I, I, it's mental, it's spiritual, it's all those things. And I, I just had the time that I wanted to finish the route in again of the four to five days. You know, I, if you were following me on Instagram, I ended up having to stop in, uh, in Silverton and call it for a little bit. And so I slept in a hotel that night. And when, once that happened, I kind of was like, okay, I think four days, the likelihood of finishing in the four day window is probably out. I was thinking I'm going to probably finish in closer to five days. I was able to kind of make some time up. And so then I, I got the like four and a half day uh, mark in my head, thinking that that was a reasonable uh, time. And that's really what was motivating me. I was just like, what is going to be my overall? What can I do this route in? Again, not thinking about anyone else on the trail. Um, and yeah, I finished in just a little over four and a half days. I, I you know, I missed I missed my mark by a couple hours. And um, and that's. factor more like hey you're like oh you've only got a couple more miles uh you know he's only like two miles ahead of you it's hard not to you know of course i i'm i'm i'm, I'm a competitor i've got a competitive side to me and i got stoked and it was like all right let's go catch him um yeah and two miles is kind of a lot though 
you know, like it is. It is. I mean, when you when you say two miles, you're like, all right, sweet. I bet I can catch him in like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know? 100%, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. you know, if you're listening, it's like he's two miles ahead. It might sound like, oh, that's that's nothing. But no, when you've been riding your bike for that long, to catch someone who's two miles ahead of you is like you're throwing in more watts and trying to go faster for four more hours to maybe catch them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there are, there are uh, plenty of segments of the Colorado trail where you're moving two miles an hour. Right. And so like a lot of most, the majority of those passes, anytime you're hiking a bike, two miles, right. Again, right. It takes you, 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 you can see the top of the pass two miles ahead of you and you're not there for an hour. Uh, and that's if you're moving efficiently. So yeah, for sure. Um, so what was like that, no, that one like iconic moment for you, I guess, on the holistic scale for yourself? Like it was mental, spiritual, that one experience. I'm sure there's that one experience on the trail that you'll never forget. Mm. Well, I guess I would, I would, I would push back a little and ask like what end of the spectrum, right? Cause there's like. Um, and a lot of people talk about ultra racing like this, right? It's, it's like you have the highest highs and the lowest lows. And that's part of what is attractive about these experiences. If you're a masochist, which most of us are who do these events, uh, but like, um, definitely I think the, the final night. So right about like 12 hours out from finishing sticks with me as being just excruciating um i was dealing with just super super extreme like stomach pain like had me in the fetal position on the side of the trail just unable to move i and i just couldn't get back on my bike and i you know i had to pull my sleeping bag over me and just try to lay down for a few hours and like just knowing that i was within reach of the finish right like it was it was there right it, you know i was like I just have like about 12 more hours of riding to do. Um, you know, we're looking at maybe just over a hundred miles of the trail left. Uh, and just like not being like not being able to move and just the mental and the physical pain. And it's pretty out of body. Uh, 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 it, that, I mean, that fucking sucked. Right. Yeah. But that's also like part of it. And it's when you like move through those hurdles uh, that definitely makes makes the experience the whole of what it was um and then the the moment that uh i passed jason and we had a really like a beautiful exchange he and i you know i i caught him right as you're finishing the super long road section and you go into the final 40 miles of gravel or sorry the final 40 miles of single track and um and i caught him and we like climbed this hill together and we got to the top and we stopped and we literally have never met before in our lives. He's obviously been hearing about me kind of catching him. And I've just heard his name a few times. Uh, and yeah, we just like gave each other a high five and kind of like held the high five and just congratulated both of each other and, and had this really kind of special moment. You know, Jason described it to me. He and I went out to dinner a couple nights after and he was just like, you know, man, it felt like I was, uh, he thought he was like, I kind of felt like I got to pass the baton on to you. Like I was at that point, I was starting to fall apart 
and I could just see that you were the stronger of the two of us and that, you know, and, and, and it just, and he's like, to see the smile on your face and to know how hard you'd work. Like I was happy to kind of get to pass off that role of being at the lead of the race. Um, and that's, was incredible. I mean, just to, to feel like there was kinship and instead of competitiveness between us, um, and that like real sportsmanship, you know, and, and that authenticity of an experience. And then just following that, I mean, frankly, I did, uh, I did some proper crying for the next like 20, 30 minutes after that. Just couldn't like, to like when it's set settling in, like the reality that I'm actually at the lead of this race, I cannot believe this is happening. And, you know, if, you know, granted, I don't fuck this up. Like it's looking like I'm going to actually win. Like that's, you know, it's just pretty, pretty huge. Um, so the, that, those final few hours of just riding and like, it's beautiful, flowy, single track. And I love that segment. And then just like sitting with the reality of how hard I had worked, um, and just like how much obscene suffering I had to go through in that race. Um, and it was coming to a close. That was, that was pretty surreal, pretty, a little, a little out of body there. Dude, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like I was just like there with you when you were explaining it. That's like the coolest thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like going through such hardship, like going to war for like little under a week and finally Absolutely. just ripping single track and just knowing how fun flowy single track is, especially, you know, with the emotions you were probably feeling was just like flying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for you, sure. you were just coming in and um and were you proud of yourself yeah yeah I, i'm proud of myself and, and super humble i mean frankly yeah. right like no you should yeah. be very proud of yourself like <laughs> you, you know it's uh the sacrifice just hearing about the year um and kind of everything you've experienced i think it was not just the colorado trail race but that accumulation of everything that high five probably was more than just hey we're i'm passing the uh baton on to you but it was more of a for me it was like hearing the significant story of like okay well now it it is worth it you know these sacrifices i've made um these health problems that i've i've happened to have you know and it's all it's all worth it you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. And like, you know, following, following the tour divide absolutely left me, like I said earlier, kind of questioning, am I actually right? Like, have I trained enough? Am I as strong as I, you know, thought I might be? Was I just being full of myself? And and I think it's really important to stay humble. And like, I think it's really easy to get caught up in, in kind of thinking, thinking, your hot shit and like i i really appreciate the experiences that uh that definitely just like bash that kind of thinking down but it, it definitely was pretty surreal like okay no like this this is affirming right that that to be there in that moment and to say wow i'm actually at the lead of of, of one of the most significant races that i know um and um Again, am I deserving of that? I don't know. And then can I be very critical of myself and be like, well, I might have won the race this year, but like my time up against, you know, last year's winner, or maybe not last year's, but right years past winners, like that's not a winning time. And, and I can go to that place. But 
yeah, you know, I, I definitely try to also, I think it's important to just celebrate, celebrate those moments and celebrate your, your, your victories. And, and so absolutely it was, uh, it was incredible. Yeah, it, it is. And another thing I want to like kind of touch on is like this mental health aspect that we as men really don't like to talk about, you know, cause it's yeah. like, let's put on our body armor and act like mm-hmm. everything's okay. And we're going to be fine. Um, but I've experienced it many times, like, um, with anxiety or, uh, mental health, uh, just with, with riding your bike comes this form of trying to, um, face your inner demons or what I like to call like the inner, like your inner child, like kind of like the trauma you faced, um, and trying to prove like that you can handle anything under certain circumstances you like kind of putting your body and mind in such a painful place for some reason like it's an I'm talking in my shoes like it's a um it's a form for me to like show that I can handle a a lot of pain and I can I can be okay with with the bad things that you know my mind likes to go to um and but really it's like not okay right like but as men, we just kind of like to brush it off and act like we're okay and we're happy and we're like go lucky people. Um, but like, how have you kind of managed to, after these events, I know it's just on a chemical level, it's such this dopamine, right? Like um, you're kind of feeding your brain all this dopamine and then you use it. And then that's why you have like these horrible lows. And then like you take another six, seven hours on the bike and then you get that dopamine again of like this super high. But when you're done with it and you're back to like, your normal life um do you do you face kind of some of that um that internal conflict or and like yeah no and i yeah thanks for bringing that up Quinn. and i i really appreciate yeah i appreciate that um you highlighting uh you know just just mental health and boner i think just just the concept of, of vulnerability as men uh and and right like that's where i think the lack of vulnerability is 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 at the basis of a lot of uh social toxicity that we that we have to to grapple with um i what led me into this path of racing was a mental health crisis for myself and and experiencing depression clinical depression for the first time in my life uh when i was 28 years old um and that led me on that path of really needing to take a break from my career um and really kind of reevaluate everything i was doing in my life um and that's like i went on that trip took care of my uncle and you know it was kind of like i'm not sure what i want to do next in my life but i've always had this dream of being an athlete and like why the fuck wouldn't I just do it right now? Again, right? Like seeing my uncle actively dying was definitely like that seized the moment. One of those seized the moment experiences, right? Here's someone who was a parent figure in my life, someone who I love very much. And like to see, he, you know, he's young and he's dying. Like things could, thing, something can happen any day. And, uh, and like, you got it. Yeah. For me, it's like, why, if I have the ability to, why wouldn't I go chase my dreams? Because there are a lot of people who can't. And like, so, you know, there's in some ways like that is almost, that is a driving factor in itself. And then through the last, it's been three years now, 
um, almost that I've been on this, this path, uh, with, uh, with ultra endurance bike pack racing. Um, and it's definitely been a roller coaster and my, uh, and I, I try to like, I will say like, it, it's inevitable. The highs and the lows in the racing happen. And I do try to like, mitigate that i don't like to have super highs and i don't like to have super lows because you know that it's it's really hard to sustain the same way it's really hard to sustain in life if, yeah. if we're like all over the charts it's really hard in this you know in a microcosm of a race um but yeah i leading into the iditarod of this calendar year definitely went through another like solid couple month period of of real depression and i was really questioning whether i should do that race or not like here I like, you know, in the two weeks leading up to the race, you know, the only thing I could think about was like, I've been seriously depressed now for right a while. Why the fuck would I go on this? What is likely to be an over two week event where I'm probably going to be by myself, right in the Arctic, like, you know, negative temperatures, like winter, it's dark, it's cold, it's severe. Like, first of all, like, and I'm going to be alone the whole time. So first of all, why do like, why would I go? I'm already feeling alone in the world. Why would I then go spend, like go physically isolate myself? And then I really had to quite, I really had to be honest with myself and say, like, do you even have, are you within a right mental state to go into this high risk of a adventure? Right. And put yourself in that situation. Uh, ultimately you know i came to and i'm glad that i did like that that's actually my place of thriving and that's actually what i needed for myself and so it really did turn things around for me and then yeah the tour divide happened and that um you know is there part of me that wishes that i wasn't so affected by by the race you know by my race results or like whether or not i finish or don't finish an event sure but I'm really passionate. Like the, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm deeply passionate about it. Yeah. And so it hurts, you know, you work really hard for something and uh, something out of your control, right? I got sick. I got any other control over that and why I had to, uh, you know, drop out of the race. It was super, super tough. Um, and then it's inevitable to even just regardless, even when an event like the Colorado trail happens and it goes really well, you're like riding this high and right. Uh, but then you got to go back to your life, you know, and that's a whole transition of itself. And that's a whole mind fuck as well. Right. Like totally. going through that transition healthily and then being like, yeah, not every day is going to be right. Like, you don't, the moment that, that moment of excitement and adrenaline of like the end of the event and, and getting to kind of bask in that, warm bubble of 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 you know of success like that goes away sometimes it may last for a little bit longer than others but like eventually right we all just go back to our daily lives which are not going to be glorious every day and that, they shouldn't be glorious every day because that you know it's the highs it's the lows that make the highs or it's even just the mundane right that yeah. make that what they are uh but in terms of like looking at that from a mental health lens um I'm definitely human and I'm definitely, I definitely go through my spouts of struggling. Um, and, uh, 
still still figuring out how to be uh living in this world uh and doing it in a sustainable sustainable fashion yeah and i think that's all we can ask and dude i i appreciate you as well for like kind of opening up and being vulnerable um because like a big part of like why i want to talk about this kind of stuff is you know someone could be listening who actually needs to talk and to like need to share um what they're actually going through um men and women you know women tend to just share that more they're, they're just more open to it and they're they're more in touch with their emotions but for some reason we as men like to like put that wall up and and sometimes it's worse for men because man we just keep digging that well and when it comes down to it it could be dangerous i mean because men have the capability to hurt themselves more than women. It's like a statistic, right? Like um, if your mental health gets that bad, I mean, men are more likely to take their own lives. And so it's, it's something that we have to think about. And um, so if you are listening to this, you know, it's okay to talk and to be open and to share that you're not doing okay, because that's doing okay. That's, that's the first step in like taking care of yourself. Cause you, like you said, you know, it's like, life is so short, you know, you took this like amazing risk for you to, to live your life because we're going to be 50 years old, 60, 70 years old one day and go, man, I wish I did this. Or I wish I did that, you know? Um, or even just right now as a 26 year old, right. Um, why can't I be happy now? And what is it going to take for me to be happy? I'm I'm super happy where I'm at, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm I wouldn't change a thing. I love my fiance. I love my family. I love my baby girl, right? But like, how can I be the most happy all the time, right? Like, because yeah. that's really what it's worth. That's that's what it's worth. Um, but yeah. So I thank you for sharing that, and I think you know, um, you could be um, an an icon that people can look up to, especially younger younger males who are cyclists who are like, damn, this guy, he took the world record or that world record. He won the Colorado trail. Right. Um, but he's also vulnerable and, and open and he, you're human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and living with that too. Right. Like, and, and knowing that, right. Like the tour is going to happen, right. Like they're not every event's going to go well, even when you have trained, even when you're at the top, right. Like, uh you know even when you're at your 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 peak and and you have you know whatever whatever amount of talent um it's not always going to go your way there's always luck involved in these events i'm i like for me i always feel like it's really important to highlight that too right like you can be as strong as ever and you can be as fit and you can be as well prepared and uh it still requires that a lot of things have to go right that's what i love about these events right there's there's so many aspects of them and they are dynamic and it's that dynamic aspect of it that it, i think is really attractive um and uh yeah so you know uh yeah no i, I uh, it's all it's all real hey can i uh my phone is is losing a little battery i need to yeah. just run and grab my charging cord so so we can keep yeah. going well yeah absolutely okay. cool So we're going to take a little pause um, and to full, full story we're talking about. Um, and yeah, if you're out there struggling, you know, go get some help. Um, you're loved, you're taken care of, 
um, and a lot of people care about you. So yeah, take care of yourself. Get on the bike. It could be a good outlet to, to really think deeply about what you're what you're really going through. Um, since we're pausing, we've been taking a a break from the podcast a little bit. This last uh, three months, life on my end has been pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, Marone, you uh, you're my first podcast since uh, I think uh, middle of May. We've been oh wow yeah my fiance and I are like we're we're great in the aspect of you know when when you need to change life we change life but like we don't think about it like normal people just talk about it and then consider it and then weigh out their options and me and her were just like so we were like oh let's move to Colorado for the summer and there was this like we have a one-year-old baby like you know you, you shouldn't do that but we were like screw it. Let's do it. So we took like our business out there. Like we have a mobile coffee business and we uh, set up at like Crested Butte, Colorado and like um, just sent it. But that was like super crazy. So I've like kind of not been able to like keep up with my podcasts, you know, as like I normally would. And then, uh, and yeah, then yeah. we were living in Cottonwood, Arizona. And then when we're in Colorado, we were like, wait, if we can move to Colorado, why don't we just move back to Flagstaff? And then that day, like we found a house in Flagstaff. And so we literally were not at our house. We signed a lease for another place and we got back to Colorado, moved to Flagstaff. Now we're finally like a month in. And so we're just very like, screw it. I love it. I we're love it. Very, yeah. Saying yes moved. to life. Saying yes to life, dude. Yeah. It's like, if, if life presents an opportunity, it's like, there's no asking questions. You just do it uh -huh. and, and then you'll find out if it's not meant to be, but usually you meet the right people along the way. It's been like the craziest thing. It's like, even though it might be scary and like, we don't know, I, I do had no job. Like I had no fucking job coming, yeah. you know, but like <laughs> made it work, Totally. but it's like those, but the, the, the people we've met with these moves have led to another thing and then have like, you know, created another opportunity. And so it's just been like this cool uh, array of events, you know, like um, I like to say like the, everything that happens to you only happens to benefit you in some way that could be like the bad circumstances in life and the good. Like sometimes it may be shitty, but in hindsight, if you're really looking at like the shitty circumstances of your life, what are you learning or what people are you meeting through those shitty circumstances? Cause maybe the people that you're meeting is another opportunity for you to become better. And then that, that experience might be good. And then the good experiences lead you to another person who you're like, Oh wait, we have this in common, like the nurse, right? Like it's just um, in, at the tour divide, like a nurse knows you. So it's like, even though it was a shitty circumstance, like you somehow you were connected through this universal string of events, you know, anyway. So I've yeah. to my listeners apologizing that I haven't been keeping up with the podcast because of life, but it's a part of it. It's all part of it. I yeah. feel the same way. I mean, I'm, 
honestly, social media is, is, uh, it's a nightmare for me. And it's not, it's just like, before I started biking, I never had an Instagram. It was, it was never something that I felt compelled to have. It's just not my natural, like, I just don't think to post. And it's been a muscle along with training right on the bike, like putting, you know, being active on social media has been a muscle I've had to develop. And, uh, uh, you know, if you really wanted to read into my mental health, you can, you, you could, if you, if you, if you, uh, pay attention to how frequently I'm, I'm posting, uh, you know, when I, when, when I go quiet, it's cause I, it's just like, when I'm not doing well, it's, it's not something that I have the capacity to, you know, to do and, and, and just like life happens. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm impressed that I'm impressed that you're doing all the things that you're doing, uh, given, given, having a young, very young family and moving around as much as you are. The fact that you have time to do this, it's uh, good on you. Well, yeah, it's just like, there was a point where I was lacking that fulfillment, you know, mm-hmm. as a you, um, I think I was in Monterey with my family. Like I just do, a, I, I run a coffee business, right? So it's like, what, what true impact am I having? And then I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I have this nature of, just talking and listening. Like, that's just what I wanted to like sit down at a bar. You and I would probably sit there for four hours and we'd have a great conversation. And it's always been a part of me to be like, I should start like a podcast. And I never knew what the name would be. And I was just like, I I just, I'm going to do it. Like instant. Like it wasn't like a thought and then months of planning. It was like the day I said, I'm going to do a podcast was the day the podcast got started. And the next day I had a podcast set up, you know? So it's like, gonna do it do it full send if it doesn't work it doesn't work i'm not doing this to you know hype my own self up or to get more followers or whatever my whole purpose is to bring more people into this world of stoke really like um of this ultra endurance world that can be so freeing and talk about nutrition talk about mental health spirituality, you know, if, if I can, if I can just help one person, you know, who's listening to your story, that's why I do it. I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's stoke because I don't know, I kind of live life through the, the lens of stoke, you know? Yeah. I'm stoked to go ride or I'm going to, I'm stoked to go ski that line or I'm stoked to go run a river or I'm, you know, it's just like that sense Mm -hmm. of stoke is kind of like, like my philosophy. Um, cause it kind of brings you out of the dumps in a way, you know, kind of gets you more alive than anything. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. That's, that's what, that's why the podcast is starting. So I thank you dude for, like coming on and telling your story. And, um, I'm kind of glad, you know, we, we touched on so much more than the Colorado trail, right? Like, um, winning a race like that is, um, you know, I think is amazing. It's life-changing for an athlete, you know, like there's probably so many opportunities that are going to come from this, but from a point of view of like where I'm coming from, it's like, how did we, how did we get there? How did you get there? Um, and, so I'm glad we kind of touched on the the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, right? Because like how you got there, that's that's the human story, right? Yeah. 
that's that's what we can all relate with and i think like i think i think the platform of athletes is a really interesting one and i think it's like you know there are there's some of us who are attracted to or compelled to strive um right to to like push the bounds right and to win events like these but like that's going to be a small segment of people that are going to even like have the desire to achieve that level um within the sport like but who i mean there are so many people so many more people that are just passionate about bikepacking right who are passionate about going and um and and just achieving these events and completing them and that is equally as noble and and that and so i think like sharing our stories is where we relate and that's so important so like i appreciate right you having a platform like this where stories are shared and where people that are excited to listen can do so um and that process that extremely human process of like how did you get there uh like that and 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 all the the just uh no matter who you are the aspects of what you don't get to avoid uh in in the human experience right your mental health um and like the 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 highs and lows of training and and like right and dealing with uh you know an imperfect body that doesn't do what you want it to and uh getting sick and, and all of that stuff it's um it's no matter who you are we're all we're all grappling with that yeah what's cool though with with an event like this is you can you can have a whole life philosophy from the start to the end of a race like this because everything that you probably go through is going to train you in some form or another of how to deal with life circumstances it could be a philosophy of a breakup when you run out of water and you're dehydrated and you're going through the shit and you think you're going to die right same thing with the breakup you're dehydrated you feel like shit and you think you're going to die right like there it's mental health that's what's so cool about it it's like um i have a background in psychology so like my whole purpose was to like be a mental health counselor right so mm-hmm. just so like intrigued by this this thing of mental health right like but it's just all encompassing it could be anything like and it's so vast it's so different for each person but like but it's so real for each person because no one you know is is perfectly quote unquote, like stoked, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We do have stoked moments and more so than we like more so stoked moments than some of those bad moments. But like, we all have the, the complexity of the highs and the lows, but that's what I love about the bike. It's like, every time I go ride, even if it's like a two hour banger, I'm going to have high and lows, you know, it's like, I can learn so much about myself and where I'm at in my life right now on a two hour ride. Shit. I really need to focus on this. When I get home, I'm going to tell my, mm. my fiance, I love her. Right. Like I'm going to do these, like, I just kind of start realizing things that you haven't been doing. Um, ah, anyway, I could probably just go on and on, but you know, it's just, it's a, it's a really cool outlet you know, to like really talk about these issues and to hear, hear your yeah, story, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, like what else, what else is on your mind? Like what you, you know, um, anything else you like kind of want to end the, the podcast with? 
Hmm. Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I love it. I love that we're talking about mental health and, um, I, I think, I don't know if you experienced this, uh, Quinn, but like, I also think that the, the act of conversation, the act of actually bringing up, especially these days, right. You kind of highlighted men struggling to talk about mental health, that vulnerability piece. Those, those are all aspects. And I mean, there's, there's a plethora of what could just diving into that, but, um, as much as like social media has been um, a, a bit of a drag and it's hard for me and it's exhausting. It's not, it's not um, like, it's not, doesn't feel very natural for me. There is something really there. It's like cathartic and um, yeah, feels uh, healing to share your story and to talk, right. To talk about, what's not so good when we talk about our mental health right like that's a liberating experience because that's not a normative um social uh you know behavior frankly right like we usually like to it seems to be much more normative to not talk about that right how's like your day good yeah exactly, right always good you've never heard someone say how's your day oh well you know, you, you just, that's, it's not so great, you know? And, and even if it's just that, I, when people do give me that answer, I'm like, yeah, I hear you. Thanks. And I appreciate you being honest. Uh, um, so anyways, I, you know, I think, uh, I think that's, that's super real. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more like in, in terms of like, cause you know, my lens is ultra endurance. I want to see within our sport more camaraderie. Um, I think it can feel like a very isolating sport. Uh, it's beautiful and I love it, but like, there's, I spend a lot of time on the bike by myself and there's something really healthy, really, you know, awesome about that and wonderful. And it's also like, I would love to, like, I desperately have days where I miss, uh, my years of college racing and having a team, right. And uh, like every afternoon coming together with the same crew and that we were all working towards the same goal. So like, I want to see all of that happening more and more within the sport of ultra endurance, uh, bike racing is, uh, you know, more camaraderie, um, more transparency in the, you know, um, in the journey of, of one's health and mental health, physical health. I think these events, like I'm a huge, I love it. And I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to take on the challenge that I am taking on in this year of 2023 um, and objectively doing five races of the caliber that I'm doing is, is a lot. Uh, and I don't believe that that, like we talk about physical health in addition to mental health. I don't think it's healthy to do. I don't think if I was going to do that year after year after year, I don't think that'd be healthy. Yeah. And so like, I'm also eager as I continue to, you know, go forward in this sport to, uh, to explore what is sustainability. You know, I've kind of already said that before, right. But like, what does it mean to sustain yourself within the sport type? Um, yeah. and like within this community, um, and definitely don't have an answer yet, but, uh, um, stoked to be on the journey. Yeah, dude. I'm stoked that you're, you, you told your story and I, I totally agree with you on this like holistic form of health, but you know, you, that this, um, community 
should be more transparent with of mental, of physical, spiritual. Um, and yeah. And the sustainability of like, is it healthy, you know, to do that year after year? And, and then what does a healthy um, schedule look like? What is a healthy resting week? You know, like just things like that. I mean, to really, um, to really inform people like me who are like just getting into it, but I have that, you know, toxic mind or a, I guess drive where I'm kind of like, if I'm doing it, I'm going to fucking do it. Like kind of yeah. like, yeah. I, you know, it's like, so me coming into it, like to have this platform of like, Hey, it's kind of what a healthy, um, elite ultra athlete schedule will look like, you know, I, because it can be, you know, numb hands, probably not cool. Probably not good. Pulmonary yeah. anemia, probably not good. So how can we like make this like a healthier, holistic form of, of, um, compet competitiveness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for even sure. For, even for the short, like, uh -huh. um, lifetime Grand Prix, right? Like mm -hmm. the guys who are doing 50 to a hundred miles, that's a, that's a toll on your body as well. I mean, when you're throwing 320 Watts for five or six hours, like that's a, a lot of toll. So how are we, are we talking about, what are you eating? You know? Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think more conversation can be revolved around the holistic. Yeah. Totally. What are you, what are you eating? And is it anywhere near affordable and recognizing like, right? Like, every i mean money's real for everybody right but like it's not like we're not swimming at least not especially not in the ultra world we're not swimming no. in cash right there's not a lot of money behind that sport um yeah. and so again like there's sustainable right we can talk about like the like sexy sustainable right of like, like organic food and this and that and then it's like well what's realistic right and yeah. then what is sustainable right what does it mean to actually be able to afford uh and and also put healthy things inside your body um right to get enough sleep to not have stress in your life go out uh, you know you may, right like and to, yeah and to have a social life yes uh, i mean god we want to talk about mental health like it is it is objectively not mentally healthy to be an elite athlete uh or to strike that balance and that's definitely part of my journey is been like finding that balance and i feel very committed to striking the balance like i am not interested like i do want to am i attracted to the concept of being the very best absolutely um and and do i strive for some degree of that yep but in the end of the day like i don't know if i i don't i i, I know this right i don't need to like to be the best is never going to be worth it at the cost of uh, being the kind of human being that I want to be, to be like, to be a friendly, kind, loving human, right? Like I want to be the person with a smile on my face uh, at the start and the end of the race, right? I want to be someone that folks feel uh, comfortable to talk to, uh, that folks feel kinship with. Um, and I want to, I want to be there for the people that matter in my life. And so while I do make a lot of sacrifices uh, and I spend a hell of a lot of time on my bike um, and I haven't figured it out yet. Like that's, that's definitely one of my, my biggest goals as I continue to move forward is like, I I'm not willing to like give up social life, cold Turkey. Like that's never going to happen. Just, yeah. That's um, I'm unwilling. And then even on top of that, like I would really, I would way rather 
uh, earn the medal of the friendliest guy at the race over right being having first place medal every day. So 100%. I love that philosophy. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. To bring more community around it, I think. Um, and to, so maybe allow the, the, the sport to become a social, um, a social experience. Absolutely. And, and it is to like a large degree. I mean, I have loved, loved the community that I feel. I mean, I already feel that my community has expanded so much over the year, like just getting to do just the tour divide and the Colorado trail race and the folks, right. That there's, you know, there's a handful of us that are, are, are doing the full triple crown this year. Uh, and so it's fun to see those folks coming back. And there are same, some folks that just come to watch these events that you get to see over and over again. And then just the overall community who gets to come, you know, who comes to these events and um, yeah, uh, I love it. And I'm, I'm proud to be, be part of that community. And I just, I'm excited to continue to highlight this group of, of amazing, of amazing people. And I feel, I feel lucky to, to get to be part of that. Yeah. And I, I love hearing your story. I love hearing everyone else's story. Who's I've had the the pleasure to talk to, you know, it's like open my eyes. It's, it's open my community. Um, and no, I, I appreciate you for, you know, telling your story and, and being open and vulnerable and, and so, so humble too, you know, like I appreciate that as well. Yeah. Stoked to talk with you. Yeah. So well, um, when you're in Arizona, it's, you have to just send me a text. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to get out on a ride. Um, and I wish you the very best of luck in the next few races. Um, make an impact. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Grant. I appreciate, I appreciate you. And I definitely let's, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be riding bikes. Uh, for maybe I'll be there. All right. Second, third week of uh, October. So let's mark your calendar, uh, soft, soft mark. And I'll, as we get a little bit closer and I have a better idea of when I'll be in flag, I'll, I'll definitely be, uh, be hitting you up, man. Yeah. Cause the, the trails in this location are world-class. Like, yeah, I've gotten, I've, I've only gotten to do like a couple days of riding in the Flagstaff area, but yeah. And then the trail building in the last year has been crazy. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just let me know. I'll, I'll mark it off. We'll get out for like a good ride. Awesome. All right. Dude. You have the best rest of your day. Enjoy the fam. Um, and we'll, we'll try to catch up soon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, brother. All right. Cheers. Man. You take care.